I was having a very philosophical morning when I decided to name this message. And the, the name of the message is, what's the meaning of life? Deep. <laughs> what's the meaning of life? Now, I'm not going to touch on everything, but I'm going to touch on something that the Lord put my heart on. Let's start off in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks, it overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. What's the meaning to life? It's really interesting, this question, because the question is loaded. There are many sub-questions that are connected to this question. What is the meaning of life? One of the most important answers or connections to this answer is whatever answer you come up with will be connected to whatever you identify yourself as. Whatever you believe the meaning of life is, you will try to acquire and attain it. Whatever you desire to acquire or attain has a value in your life. Often, the value that we perceive in our lives is connected to a sense of lack in our lives. So let's put this all together. There are things that we can value that is connected to a desire that if we attain that one thing, maybe I'll be whole. If I attain or acquire that one thing that I desire, maybe I'll be complete. How interested that this question must be known to all people. And in an interesting way, it was the question that the enemy asked Adam and Eve, ultimately. What is the meaning of life? Is it knowledge? Is the meaning of life the acquisition of lots of money? Is the meaning of life the acquiring of lots of friends? Of lots of praise? Is the meaning of life um, the acquiring of a big family? Has life been complete if you get that particular job? Let's make it a bit more Christianese. Is life, have you met the meaning of life because you're preaching? Have you reached the answer because of how many people you've evangelized? How big your church is? How many people say amen when you preach? Amen. It can't be any of those things. But often in life, lots of those things end up being our focus. 
Golden nugget number one. The moment you feel overwhelmed with something, in that moment, you've lost the meaning of life. Maybe there's a big financial situation taking place in your life right now. Maybe there's someone extremely sick. It's taking everything. It's taking all your thoughts. It's taking all your time, all your energy. You're just consumed by circumstance or the situation, irrespective of how close the circumstance or situation is to you. The fact that it's taking your all means in that moment you've lost the meaning to life. Which begs the question, still to the title, so what is it? Let's dig into scripture a bit more. Now let's be real with each other, guys. Now, I grew up in a Nigerian, a Nigerian home, um, household. So, this was the rule for me. At 11, 12, 13, I was still asked, what do you want to be? On my 14th birthday, I was told, this is what you should be. I said, ah, what happened? Education was a big thing. You have to be this. You have to do it this way. Because the family back home, the family over here, people will be looking. You have to make us proud. And for a very short season, <laughs> I agreed. And then I thought to myself, it can't be about that because my peers weren't chasing that. They weren't chasing the, the, the honoring of their parents. It was fun times. From the ages of about 16 to 25, my life was very basic. Education now and again, alcohol now and again, all sorts now and again. Pastor Andrew, I wasn't always a pastor, guys. And the reality is this, right? My life, my life pursuits proved to me in that moment what I thought the meaning of life was. I thought if I could get enough women, if I could get enough money, if I could get, I used to gym hard, guys. I used to be huge, right? If I could just get big enough, then maybe I'll have a better sense of self. But what's so interesting, guys, as we've all found out, when we had the boyfriend, had the girlfriend, made the money, got the job, had the praise, got the honor, had the likes, in all of those things, we still realized an emptiness. I know of people who make loads of money. And they say to me, Pastor A, they don't say Pastor A, this is my friends, Andrew. I've got everything. I'm living in Docklands, I'm making big money. But you know what, Andrew? I don't even know my wife anymore. I don't even know my kids anymore. What was interesting, I've known this boy since about 12 years old. And he's always wanted what he has. And now in the acquiring of what he has, he realizes that what he always wanted was never the purpose to life. So we're talking to young adults today, and the hope is for you guys not to make that mistake, not to lose years chasing the wrong pursuit, chasing the wrong desire. Let's go into scripture to find out where does 
is, is life about money? Let's look at this. Matthew 19, verse 16 to 22. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he, Jesus, said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, but the, but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honour your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Matthew 6, 26. Will it, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Here is proof. If right now you're thinking, if I get the money, if I get the house, if I get the car, if I get, get, get those things, if you are thinking that that will bring you peace and joy, if you think that is the purpose to your life, I'm telling you this, you're aiming too low. Because this is someone who had great possessions. He had money. He didn't have the cars, but I'm sure he had horses. Right? He had everything that was to be desired, that money could buy. But what was so interesting about the answer Jesus gave to him was really this. I know the thing that you serve. Stop serving it. He revealed an idol. This man was serving money. It comes to a question that we have to ask ourselves. What are you serving right now? What are you pursuing right now? Now, you've heard the, the classic response, everyone take a look at your bank statement and you'll see what you're serving. Let's go a bit deeper. Go to your settings on your phone and look at what apps, what things you have been using your time, what has, what has your time been invested in? Some people are looking around laughing and crying at the same time. It's not a rebuke, it's not really condemnation, but if we are to move forward, we have to first understand where we are right now. And if that's you, and you're hearing what I'm saying so far, this is a moment of clarity. And in a moment of clarity, there's an opportunity for change. Moments of clarity are very important. Often, as humans, we respond in, the, in, in moments of catastrophe. Everything goes wrong, and there's a moment of clarity. The Bible says, don't allow your experiences to dictate your choices. Believe the word of God. Because the word of God in and of itself has the ability to put wisdom in your life. 
The book of Proverbs talks about three things continuously knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Without understanding and its spiritual understanding, you cannot manifest wisdom. Wisdom essentially is the ways of God. How interesting that the ways of God is also known as righteousness. So to walk righteously is to manifest wisdom. And without understanding of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the words, there can be no manifestation of wisdom. You can't walk rightly without the Spirit of God and the words. How interesting that Jesus speaks to a Samaritan woman and says, there'll become a time when people will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. How interesting, therefore, that worship essentially is our purpose in life. In the state of worship, worship goes way more than singing. Worship. In the state of worship, nothing else matters because you've been filled with the fullness of the living God. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that is living and operating and active in me. You may be familiar with the flesh and blood, but I'm telling you, there is a different life operating in me. This is Christ. And when you walk like that, you are walking in wisdom. Because when you're walking in wisdom, you're walking by faith. And when you're walking by faith, it's because in that moment, you know that God loves you. You know that God is for you. You know who you are. You know that I'm a child loved by God. I may have done mistakes in the past. I may be prone to do mistakes in the future. But right now, in this moment, I know who I am and I am a child loved by the living God. So that was my epiphany moment. The purpose of life is to walk in life with God. I'll say that again. The purpose in life or the purpose of life is to walk in life with God. How do I do that? The Bible says it in other words, walk by faith, not by sight. Lean not on your own understanding, but lean on his. Allow his spirit and his word to guide you in the decisions that you make, in the responses. It's so interesting that I hear often that, you know, character can be, uh, uh, can be developed by what you do. Mm, I'm not sure about that. If there's anything you should do, right, you should seek God with all your might so that you, purely a branch, abides to the vine. Let me ask a question to you all. Participation. We have an apple tree. We cut off the branch. Can that branch that has now been cut off bear fruit? Yes or no? No. It can't, cut, it can't bear fruit because it's no longer connected to the vine. Its fruit-bearing ability comes when it is connected to the vine. The fruit of the Spirit is a reality to you when you remain connected to the vine. 
That's when love, joy, goodness, kindness, patience, all of the fruits, the, the personality traits, as it were, of the Spirit of God starts to manifest through you. How interesting that abiding in Christ will allow you to know God. John 17, what is eternal life? This is eternal life, to know God. Not an intellectual knowledge of God, but an experiential knowledge of God that can only be connected to and manifested by via faith. So the whole purpose of your faith in Christ is to have the faith of Christ. How interesting, therefore, that all we do in life, all the things you acquire, let's now break this down. When you were born, did, was anyone born with, 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 with holding cash in their hand? No one? No, that's a good thing, right? So you weren't born with money, right? I like clothes. I was not born with this very nice waistcoat. Nobody was born, some people like chicken. Nobody was, came out of their mother's womb eating chicken. So all of the cares and likes that we have now fashioned in life, we never came with. And the irony is we're not gonna leave with them either. So what has happened in this time of living? We've made the things that God has created the main things. And God is saying, no, don't allow the creations to be the main things. Allow the creator of the creations to be the main thing. And when this is true to you, you're walking in the purpose of the meaning of life. It doesn't matter if you make money and then lose it. In God's eyes, you're still his child, the believer. It doesn't matter if you have a thousand homes and then two years later, you lose everything. In God's eyes, you haven't changed. It doesn't matter if nobody praises you at work. No one looks at your, your good works at work. You never get the honor. You never get the praise. It doesn't matter. In God's eyes, you're still the same. So wait a minute. If I'm still the same in God's eyes, if I have a lot, if I'm still the same in God's eyes, if I have a little, then whether I have a little or a lot, it doesn't matter. I am still the same in his eyes. The, situ the issue is, I don't seem to be the same in my own. Don't allow the lack of value people reveal to you to dictate how much value you should have for yourself. Don't give anyone that power. I'll give you a good testimony. It happened this morning, actually. There was a young boy. I have, to, I have to keep names. He's nine years old. He's in year five. And he said, um, Pastor Andrew, when I'm, when I'm playing football, yeah, there's this boy, Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. Yeah, well, this boy, when I play well, he comes to me in front of everyone and he points at me and says, you are a mistake. When he said this, this boy started crying. Now, for a second, I wanted to take my pastor hat off and just deal with that friend of his. 
But the reality is, I said to him this. Is, did what that boy say to you in line with what God has said to you? He said, no. I said, if, he, if God didn't say it, then it cannot be true. The tears were rolling down his eyes and he'd done something which I think was the spirit of God. He'd done this. Yeah. Because in that moment, he realized, I want to use someone to really demonstrate this. My brother, Nevado. Come, cometh. Right? Bless your heart. Okay, let's just do it right here. Okay? I want everyone to imagine that this chair represents the love of God. Just stand in front of here. Yeah. Now, what's really interesting, Nevada represents each and every one of you. When he's not standing in the words, the words of others can move him. Because people can be aggressive, right? When Nevado isn't believing what God is saying about him, sometimes situations and circumstance move him. Sounds familiar, right? So now, sorry bro, I'm apologizing in advance. So now, because he hasn't believed what God is saying, his Monday to Sunday is all about this. Being moved by situation, being moved by circumstance, being moved by what people say, what people do, what people don't say, what people don't do. But if Nevado, I just want you to stand on this chair. But if Nevado stands on the word, I can't move him. If you stand on the word, my brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what situation comes. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people do, what people don't do. The people you expected to do something who let you down, it won't affect you as much. Why? Because in this place, you are standing in agreement with what God has said about you. This is your best. When you're standing in agreement, believing who you are is whoever God says you are. And what you're capable of is whatever God has declared for you to do. Then who can move you? Who can stand against you? But I tell you this. How can he believe the words if he doesn't know the words? There's so many ways that we can read scripture for theological purposes. I tell you this, on a personal level, it would be far easier and far better for you to look at that word and just find out what is God saying about me? Yep, that, he's saying that, he's saying that, he's saying that. Stop declaring that. So in the moments when people speak bad of Nevado, when people do things that upset him, Instead of him now calling me and saying, Pastor, hey, could you help me out? He now knows where he can go. (laughs) 
How interesting that Jude one twenty one says, keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. Keep yourself in the love of God. Imagine that. When you're trusting what he has said, based on what he has done, what has he done? The death, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior has given you new life. It is your right to know what God has said. It is your birthright to believe what he has said, to give you the strength to do what you could not do by yourself. What's the meaning of life? In the moments when you lose things, when you acquire things, friends, money, possessions, God is saying this. Keep knowing his love for you. Keep believing what he says is more than what anyone else can say. It doesn't matter if you're even going through a divorce. It doesn't even matter if you're going through mourning. It doesn't matter because this allows you to stand with hope through that season that you're going through. And the irony is, irrespective of any decision you've made, maybe you maybe made a really bad decision last year, God will use any decision that you make still for his glory if you keep believing. If you keep trusting, if you keep believing that he is with you, he is for you, he does love you. Thank you. Let's clap for Novado. Yeah. I want to wrap it up with this. I want to invite the worship team. I want to say one thing. I believe in a, a doctrine called once saved, always saved. I believe it. The problem with that doctrine, not the doctrine by itself, is some of the ramifications that come with it because of bad teaching. God will love you irrespective of what you do, what you don't do. But the problem with this is that if you don't care about your own actions, you will never receive God's love for you. Now it's good teaching. There is a response as believers for us to make, not for God to love us more, but for us to know the God who is love. And that is eternal life. And when you're revealing eternal life, that is knowing God. That's walking in wisdom. That's walking in righteousness. That is walking in the meaning and the purpose of what life actually is. And I said it before and I'll say it again. Life is about walking with God in life. And the people of God said, Amen, Amen. Amen.